Welcome to the Happy Homeschool, where we talk about creative homeschool inspiration rooted in relationships for the nonconformist, dedicated parent. I'm Laura Blodgett. And my goal at the Happy Homeschool is to inspire and equip you to create a learning environment that makes home everyone's favorite place. You can always read more at thehappyhomeschool.com. Hello again, and today we are going to talk about how your attitude toward faith affects your child, which is week eight of 52 weeks to a better relationship with your child being re-recorded. And at the end, I will tell you a little bit more about the photograph that is in the blog that is associated with this podcast. Let's start off by making sure we're talking about the same thing. Let's differentiate between faith and superstition, because before you can answer the question, what do you have faith in, you have to have a good idea of what is meant by the word faith. True, words can have different meanings to different people, but a concept is a concept by any other name to misquote Shakespeare. The crux of the problem with agreeing about what faith is, is that some people equate it with superstition, while others say it is believing in something based on evidence. I am in the latter camp, so that is how I will use it in this discussion. To bolster my position, consider how the word faith is used person to person. Let's say you ask someone to deliver a large sum of money to make a payment for you. You would probably say you have faith in that person's ability and intent to do as asked. Why would you have such faith? Only because you know him well enough to judge his character and skills. Faith doesn't always require completely understanding something either. A classic example is the airplane. Most people have enough faith that it will fly even though they have very little understanding of how or why. They have observed that airplanes are fairly reliable about flying. The first thing that often comes to people's minds when faith is mentioned is beliefs about how the world came into existence and the meaning of life. There is a strong tendency to dismiss conclusions that we don't agree with as superstition. What we need to find is a balance between our own confidence and respecting other people who are also doing their own best to figure out life. But let's specifically talk about discussing faith with our children. How does all of this affect your relationship with your child? There are two main ways. One, they need to feel free of ridicule as they explore what or who they will have faith in regarding the essence of life. And two, they need you to be able to discuss what you have faith in and why. Children will naturally ask questions about life. If you respond to their childish perspectives with impatience or disdain, you will probably damage their trust in you. I watched a movie recently that portrayed the father as supposedly attempting to encourage his 11-year-old son to explain a matter of faith. I think the movie showed a likely outcome of the father's challenge to explain that myth. The boy shut down and walked away, both mad and humiliated. As children get older and ask more difficult questions, they need to know that you will respond with thoughtfulness and unconditional acceptance of them. A wise parent will realize that one discussion is not the final outcome. On top of that, 
the parent can likely learn things from both how the child sees things and by trying to answer the questions. In doing all of this, you can be an example of confident faith. If you are able to discuss your own faith without being defensive, you will show them that not only is the subject safe, but that their own decisions do not depend on someone else's acceptance of them. This makes it more likely that they will choose well. They will not be easily swayed by harmful pressures later. One way or another, talking about real faith, as opposed to religion, which we discussed last time, exposes the heart and soul of a person. It lets you see someone's deepest concerns. It explores concepts that shape priorities and actions. You can offer your child extremely helpful insights into these issues, but you can't have faith in anything for them. As I mentioned in the beginning, some people will try to say that they don't need faith in anything. This is often backed up with claims about natural versus supernatural. For a good discussion of that supposed dichotomy, I recommend C.S. Lewis's book, Miracles. The book is admittedly from a Christian perspective, but even if you don't end up agreeing with him, I think you will come away with a better understanding of what the real questions are. If you have read much of what I've written, you will know that I have faith in the Creator God and His manifestation as His Son, Jesus. This is not a religious decision, and I'm not even a part of any institutionalized religion. Knowing what you have faith in will give you a foundation for parenting that nothing else can. Being able to explain it gently to a child is like sharing sunshine in a grassy field. Now about the photo. That is me playing in the sprinkler the summer of after my third birthday. And it is odd to think about remembering being three years old. I remember this house and some of the things that happened there. But I also remember, looking back now, how very limited my view of the world was. Remembering that helps me to keep a humble perspective, because even though I've learned more, I know that I don't know everything, and there are lots of things I can still learn. And then even to put it in perspective with God— I am sure he is much higher in his understanding of things above me than I am above a toddler. That's all I have for today. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Make sure you have signed up for the Dangerously Helpful Homeschool Dispatch. When you do, you will receive my best 25 homeschool tips. Now go out there and have fun creating a fantastic homeschooling experience for you and your children. 